This is Out and About with Frosty on the SFM. We have on the line the Honourable Christy McBain MP, Minister for Regional Development, Local Government and Ter- Territories, also known as Christy. G'day Christy, how are you going? Very well, how are you? I'm, I'm very, very well. It's good to hear from you. Um, you've, it's a while since we've seen you at YesFM and uh, it's great to have you back. It's good to be back. It's fantastic to see YesFM going from strength to strength um, and still trying to locate a, a permanent home. We are. We've had a bit of a, a problem with that. We're, the site that we had all decked out to go has uh, hit some contamination. So we're going to have to redo and do a bit more work. So, uh, But anyway, we'll tell listeners a bit more about that over the next week or so. But, um, yeah, anyway, then these things happen. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. And, and anyway, I'm sure you'll be very helpful for us. You always have been. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, community radio plays such a vital role in so many of the communities across Eden Monero. I think um, we've got a huge number of community radio stations. And after you guys, I'll be heading uh, to the community radio station at uh, Marimbula Sapphire FM. So, oh, yeah, that's a great uh, little station. Yeah. yeah, always keen to make sure that we uh, stay across our community radios. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I imagine you uh, you always keep tabs on what's going on. You'll be very aware that we're uh, uh, having problem with our water supply in Yass at the moment, and uh, it's been a, sort of a long bit of a long saga. Uh, it goes back to when, no, to a, earlier times. I can remember when I was on council, council trying very hard to get um, get funding and get uh, a, a plan in place to uh, change our uh, water treatment plant. And it seems to have become stuck. And uh, I guess it, it's it's something you watch a little bit from the sidelines because it's essentially a state and local government issue. But is there anything um, you can do to help, do you think? Yeah, look, you know, it's frustrating for so many of the community members across the Yass Valley that this is still an issue. And as you said, it's been one that has had a long-running history and one that I think that so many community members just want sorted out. They just... You know, they're, they're done with the, the arguments back and forth. They just want it sorted out and they can understand the frustration. One of the key things that we've done, there is a national water grid um, fund. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things we've done is expand the criteria for that water grid funding. Previously, it never dealt with town water supply issues. It was about irrigation um, and um, storage issues, generally for uh, very rural um, parts of of the country. Uh Um, We've extended that so that it now applies to town water situations. Uh, So my office has met with uh, the Minister for Water, Rose Jackson, and I've got a meeting with her uh, in a couple of weeks' time to go through the, the YAS situation. Um, and I'll be in Yas next week and I've got a, a meeting with the, the general manager and the mayor um, again after okay. a discussion I had with them last week about um, not only Yas water su- a supply but a, a couple of other prominent uh, issues around the Yas Valley. Yeah, okay. So the, um, yeah, so that, that, that provides some, some hope, I guess, for, to, to at least meet the financial issues that are, in, that are involved with that. Um, yeah, that's right. And it was, you know, it's great to see that there's been $13.5 million uh, allocated to the water water treatment upgrades already by the um, state Labor government. Uh, important, though, to um, work with the federal government on what that funding shortfall might be for um, 
for uh, the water treatment uh, supply to be upgraded in its entirety because, as I said, I think community um, is at their wit's end with this. They are. This boiled water stuff, I think everybody's just, just over it. It's, um, you know, uh, it's sort of almost the last straw. I, I remember one of the best funding combinations I ever saw for, for water was oh, back in the early 90s, so it's a long while ago, and uh, there was uh, it was to provide a pipeline from Yass to Bounding and Bynalong, and it was provided by the three levels of government, one third each. <laughs> so, and uh, everybody was happy, and and the project got done, and it worked very well. I'm not sure that you're uh, up to that level of commitment, but it's great to have the Commonwealth back involved if we can get it there. Yeah, that's right. And you know, when it comes to you know. Basics like water supply, um, I think it's important that you've got levels of government working together and that you have, uh, you know, people from all sides of politics working on a solution. Um, I think the time the time for carping and, you know, politicisation is over and we just need to get on with the solution. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm just looking at some other things that you're doing around the place, I just noticed that you're... Uh you know, talking about putting funds in here, you um, are supporting the um, uh, Bounding, well, tourism through the Back to Bounding and the Bounding School, uh, I'm not sure what you call 175 years, I'm sure there's a name for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I was I was at a Bounding School last year and um, beautiful school, got involved in their music lesson for the day. Um, the teachers were fantastic and the students were so engaged. And it was a real surprise to me to learn that uh, Bounding was having their 175th anniversary this year. Um, uh, and I think it's really important that as many people as possible get along to it. It's a great school with a obviously very uh, uh, long history. I think it's... Um, uh, New South Wales's uh, regional school's longest school, um, from what I recall. Is that right? Just, okay. Yeah, the first school sort of outside a major uh, Sydney centre was Bounding, as I believe. So yeah. um, really important that we celebrate the history in our, yard, in our own backyard. And I know that they've been putting a lot of effort in um, for this weekend. So I, I encourage everyone to get along uh, for next weekend, encourage everyone to get along to Bounding. Yeah, okay. And we're uh, hopefully uh, in the coming week we'll be talking to Belinda Brown, who's the uh, the headmistress there, and uh, she'll be able to fill us in all the, all the activities. But, uh, yeah, well done for supporting that. I notice also you've done some put funds into uh, the new bridge on Shingle Hill Way, you know, which is on that track between ourselves and the coast. And uh, there's a, quite a bit of fun, Commonwealth funding went into that. Yeah, absolutely. Bridges and roads are a key priority for any local community. Um, I've been really supportive of um, uh, a lot of bridge uh, upgrades. This one was no different. Always good to, to see bridge upgrades happening. Um, earlier, uh, well, it was last year now, um, we announced some significant upgrades to the road black spot funding program mm-hmm. uh, to the to the bridges and heavy vehicle freight and productivity program. So black spots has gone from 110 to 150 million dollars a year. The bridges one's gone from 150 million dollars a year to 200 million dollars a year. 
year and uh, we're looking at doubling roads to recovery um, for councils across the country. Uh, so we're doubling that fund from $500 million to a billion dollars Okay, uh, you're going to get a lot of fr- yeah, that'll win you a lot of friends. You'd, oh, well, you've, you obviously were, were made out in Burger and you know how important that roads to recovery is. Oh, absolutely. And it's so important because, you know, with the number of heavy weather events that we've had and floods across the place, uh, we want to make sure communities have got safer roads to drive on. I mean, we're the ones driving them every day to go to school or work or sporting events or medical appointments. Um, So we want to work with every council across the country to make sure that everyone gets an uplift. Yeah. And speaking of roads, it's um, I went to Canberra the other day and it's uh, the Barton High new section of the Barton Highway is now up to and it has its hundred limit. Not you're not confined away. <laughs> you can hear the collective like sigh. <laughs> like like many people, everyone was waiting for that eighty speed limit to go and the hundred one to come back. Um, for many people, um, you know, it was uh, a force of habit that uh, we were still going the the hundred k's. And I'm sure there are many community members who have been pinged over the last couple of years as this work is being done but um, really important to see that first um, uh, stretch of road be duplicated both sides finally open uh, that 100 uh, k speed limit reinstated and now we get on with the work of planning the next stage and getting on with it Um, again it's a project long overdue which i know so many people in the ass valley have been advocating for for years and years so uh, fantastic to see that done um, and the next stage uh, being prepared for yeah Okay. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of relief there. Yeah. The next stage, I guess, is the is the interesting one. When, uh, in particular, whether or not they they actually make it the bypass around Murrum Bateman, which I think would be a relief to certainly to all the motorists because that uh, Murrum Bateman's yeah, it's a very slow patch in in on a major highway, isn't it? Absolutely, and especially now with the, the Murrum Bateman School being right there, uh, it's important that there is proper planning and consultation that goes into that stage uh, when we get to it, and I'm sure that there'll be many members of the community, especially in the Murrum Bateman area, who will be uh, keen to take part in that. Yeah, and I'm sure, yeah, all over the place. Things that are not, um, projects that I guess is not so popular around here at the moment is the proposal to put uh, HumeLink uh, basically through Yas Valley, and uh, that's going to be a, a, a well, a very, very, literally a very, very big project, about seventy or eighty metres high, I think. The the towers for that, um, and there's uh, a lot of people sort of very concerned with that. And and as uh, the wind factories become uh, more in place, and we've got sort of one and a half at the moment, uh, and out of what's uh, planned for three. Um, people are starting to get concerned about how their landscape looks and the impact of these things. Do you, what's your view on these? Yeah, look, it's um, incredibly important that Transgrid grows, goes through this consultation process properly and we haven't seen that take place in the past. Um, you, uh, you guys in the Yass Valley are obviously aware that the same thing's happening in the Snowy Valleys uh, yeah. and the consultation that started there was pretty shambolic um, to be, uh, that's probably being polite to them, Um, but it is important that there is proper community consultation and that community consultation is genuine. Um, We don't want to see it just tick a box 
um, and go through a process rather than genuinely engaging with the community and with landholders. Look, we know it's important to upgrade our transmission lines. Um, we've had a network that has not kept pace um, and has not been updated over time and we are drawing more energy into our communities than we ever have before. Uh, so it's really important that, that uh, any transmission line uh, is getting an outcome to our communities, but it has to be done with community cohesion in mind. And so I'd urge Transgrid to really think about that uh, with their engagement with the community. I mean, the ideal, from our point of view, if you're going to have the, that go through, it would be ideal to have it underground. But that um, seems to be, uh, well, a difficult thing to do, put it that way, an expensive thing to do. Yeah, from, from all reports, expensive to do. Um, but we have uh, asked the Australian Energy Infrastructure Commissioner uh, to really work with communities on this. Um, he's recently led a review uh, into a, a range of transmission line projects um, and reported back to uh, the government uh, on a number of those submissions. I think we had 500 written submissions, 250 online submissions, um, and made a number of recommendations, uh, nine in total. Um, the government has uh, accepted in principle all of those uh, recommendations, um, and uh, Chris Bowen, the Energy Minister, will is meeting with energy ministers across the country today uh, to talk about how we can implement the uh, recommendations uh, of that uh, review as well. I was talking before about our wind factories that we've got around the place that are that are being built. The proposal in particular, um, since you've come to power, the proposal has been to have many, many, many more of those uh, around the place and uh, I guess we're all sort of wondering whether or not we're going to be in line for a whole lot more of these towers. Uh, a lot more of those towers and also a lot more of the solar panels where, you know, with acres and acres of solar panels. There's a proposal right in Yass, which you'll be aware of, and of course there's one out near Sutton that's been approved. It seems to me it's a, not a good place to put them because the number of people here, we've, we've, got, a, we've got a lot of people here. It seems to me a, a good idea to put them where the people aren't. Uh, have you got any thoughts on uh, where they should be located? Yeah, well, obviously there's proposals that have been designed, planned and approved before uh, the change of, of government in 2022, uh, federally or the change of government uh, in the state in 2023. Um, sometimes I find it um, a little bit frustrating that the, you know, the emphasis is because there is a net zero plan adopted by uh, the Labor Party that we're responsible for a bunch of planning and approvals that occurred well before our time. I think the important thing here is we know that there is an energy transition happening. We know that a number of companies who have been operating coal-fired power stations are telling us that they're phasing out of it because it is too expensive to maintain and run those plants anymore and it's not economical for them to continue it. So there is a transition coming and it's happening over the world. What we have to do is manage that transition and manage the interface with communities. It's one of the reasons we asked uh, the Energy Infrastructure Commissioner to lead a review and actually hear directly from local communities because I do think that there has been an unacceptable uh, impact on communities. I do think that there has been not genuine consultation take place in communities and we actually need to address that 
Um, it's something that should have been done a long time ago, um, set in place a proper legislative or regulatory framework for the engagement with local communities. If um, infrastructure like this is going into our local communities, I think there should be a community benefit back to us. I think there should be appropriate um, compensation um, to, to not only landholders but to neighbouring landholders as well. Um, I do think that there should be a, a better management process um, and I think it's one of the reasons that this um, uh, review that has been done is so important to get right and get energy commissioners, uh, energy ministers across the country to agree that there needs to be a proper framework in place because I don't want the speculators coming to our communities dividing them. Yeah, and uh, well, that's happened in the past probably for, for a long, yeah. long time. Uh, I, I guess we was yes, it just about got used to the idea of the you know of the status quo from about, um, and uh, and then there are the announcement there are going to be more and more, and and also the fact that they're actually the ones that were approved are actually being built. The reality is becoming a lot more obvious now to everyone. Uh, what they actually look like and how how big they are, to be yeah. brutally honest. Uh, anyway, uh, we might move on from that. Um, I got um, a chemist bill today and it uh, really threw me uh, and it's happening to a lot of people where uh, we're getting, uh, our bills are getting bigger, it's harder to finance all the things you need for ordinary cost of living. So what's happening in terms of cost of living uh, for most of us? Yes, yeah, so obviously Parliament has now passed the amended Stage 3 tax cuts, so mm -hmm. uh, every taxpayer in the country will now be receiving a tax cut come 1 July. I think it's um, a great outcome because it will mean um, that across Eda Monera, 85,000 taxpayers will be receiving a tax cut. 87% uh, of our community is better off under these amended Stage 3 tax cuts, which is incredibly important. Um, but we've also been working on how else we can assist people with those hip pocket costs without adding to inflation, which is the big thing. Um, so we've put in place policies like um, electricity rebates for um, people on fixed incomes and low-income low earners, as well as small businesses. Um, we've passed a range of um, cheaper uh, medications, uh, the largest cut to PBS medicine since the PBS introduction, mm -hmm. uh, our cheaper childcare measures, which has brought childcare costs down by 11% on average across the country, which is very important for a lot of those families. Um, we have increased Commonwealth rent assistance, um, increased uh, paid parental leave, We've got a, a range of fee-free TAFE places and um, university um, courses available in those skill shortage areas. Um, but this is a situation of, you know, job never complete. We need to keep going uh, and assist people where we can. Um, but there is an inflation challenge across the world. So instead of, um, you know, handing out a, a bunch of money or uh, funding, uh, you know, random things, we're being very strategic in how we help people with cost of living because we don't want to add to that inflationary pressure. Yeah, uh, sort of understand most of it. I, I do do get concerned though because the uh, uh, one of the things that this does is it puts a lot more pressure, particularly on on uh, lower income families. Uh, that inflation uh, impact is very strong, and we see we're starting to see locally here more people sort of applying for help through the various agencies, and uh, which is what they're there for. So it's not a it's not a problem, but. Um, 
uh, it's just a, noting that the, the pressure seems to be getting uh, stronger and stronger. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. And that, that and lower income area is, the, is, I really wonder how people can, can, can sort of handle the increases in prices of everyday things. Yeah. Absolutely. It's also one of the reasons we've seen that uh, inquiry into the supermarkets kick off uh-huh. uh, at a time where we're not seeing our uh, farmers get any increase at the farm gate for our produce, but costs escalate in uh, our supermarkets. Uh, we've got to start doing something. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Christy, you've been uh, you, uh, suggested that we might do this uh, a little bit more often uh, and, and have a chat to you. You know, probably every two or three weeks. Is that a? Oh, that'd, yeah, we'd fantastic. love to do that if we can do that. That sounds great. Okay. Um, are there anything? Any other issues you'd like to chat about before we go? No, all good. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks so much for having me on, and I look forward to getting out to Yas at the mobile office I've got next Thursday. Next Thursday, you'll be here. And can people just uh, rock up, or what's the best way? Should they yeah, contact absolutely. your office first, or how, not? How? Just pop in. We'll be at uh, Trader and Co. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Trader and Co. Next Thursday between ten and eleven. Okay. So yeah, Trader and Co. Between ten and eleven next Thursday. That sounds great. Okay. Perfect. Christy, thanks for talking to us. Okay. No worries. Bye. Bye. The Honourable Christy McBain, MP, Minister for Regional Development, Local Government and Territories.